So let's get into our Bibles to John chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. You've probably heard me preach this before, but not really. Um, Let's bow in prayer. Father, thank you for the Word of God, how rich it is. We pray you would bless it to our lives today. Help us to learn something that would help us today in our walk with Jesus. We give this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Giving all to God, John 12, 1 to 8. In this story, we're going to read about a lady by the name of Mary, and she gave something very valuable, a valuable possession that she had. She gave it to Jesus. I want us to learn a lesson today, if we can, dear people, about, uh, about giving Jesus the most important thing in our lives. Uh, Would you listen carefully as these scripture verses come to your ears? And would you be willing to to do something today that would please our wonderful Savior? The parallel passage of this story, of course, is found over in the book of Mark, chapter 14. They're a little different words, but it's the same story, really. So let's look at the text, would you please? And we'll just uh, learn some things from it, verse 1 and 2. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was, who had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. So, this is an interesting place. Uh, Jesus came to a home where he was always welcome. I always love to read those verses. It's really interesting. He had sweet fellowship with this family, with many others too, of course, but this one in particular, Lazarus, Mary, Martha. And if you read the book of Mark, you will notice that that it was in the home of Simon the leper. So these are the people involved in this little visit which Jesus has in this wonderful chapter. What a, what a, a joy it is. I wondered as I read this and studied it, Jesus was welcome in this home. I wonder, is he welcome in our homes? Really? Is he welcome in your home? I hope he is. If he knocked at your door today, would you want him to come in? This story is about this, about about giving all to God. In verse 3, we notice that Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. Uh, This pure nard which she used, this ointment, is very interesting. It's a very fragrant oil. It's prepared from the roots and from the stems uh, of an aromatic herb which is found in India. It's very expensive. Uh, it's imported, and when it's imported, it was used. It came in sealed alabaster boxes or flasks, very important, which were opened only on very special occasions. It says a pound of this was used by Mary, which means that was about a pint of this liquid. It's quite a lavish gift when you think about it. The value of the perfume, of course, is given to us also. It's worth 300 denarii. Um, one denarii, one denarius was a day's wages in those days. 
so given to given the, to the common laborers, and so uh, 300 was equivalent to a year's wages. That's how much this stuff cost. Pretty pretty expensive. And spices and ointments in those days were unlike what we would do today. They were they were often used as a very important investment because they occupied such a small space, and they were portable and were easily negotiable in the open market. Good market for that kind of stuff. So Mary's gift was remarkable. When a guest entered the house, usually the guest's feet were washed with water and the guest's head was anointed with a dab of oil or perfume. That's the way the custom was. Here, Mary used this precious ointment and anointed the feet of Jesus. She considered, this is so important, she considered her precious ointment only good enough for his feet, not even his head. Think of it, the dedication of this precious lady. Every time we meet Mary in the New Testament, she is at the feet of Jesus. What a wonderful place to be. Remember the song? Sitting at the feet of Jesus, oh, what words I hear him say. Happy place, so near, so precious. May it find me there each day. Sitting at the feet of Jesus, I would look upon the past. For his love has been so gracious, it has won my heart at last. As a side note, I think that's where Margie is this morning. Note this, note this. Those who were eating in the day in which this was written, they reclined, you know, at the, at the table in a different way than we sit around a table. And so their feet extended out, and their feet was away from the table, so it made it possible for Mary to anoint the feet of Jesus because they weren't under the table, they were out of the table, extended. The act symbolizes Mary's humble devotion and love for Jesus. Notice that she wiped the feet with her hair, her feet with her hair. What, a, what an interesting thing. This means, this means that she let, we use the expression, let down your hair. Well, she did. This means that she let down her hair in public, something a Jewish woman would rarely ever do. That's because she loved Jesus. He was special, and she wanted to do something special for him. <clears throat> One of the disciples, oh, I, you know, I, the thing that really, did you see the last part of verse 3? The house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. I'll tell you something, folks. If you serve Jesus, and you worship him, and you honor him, I'm going to tell you that People around you will smell the sweetness of Jesus by what you do and how you live. That's what he wants us to do. Live for Jesus. Worship him. And the house will be filled with the fragrance of the oil. But in verse 4, looks like someone got upset. Did you see that? Verse 4, then one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, and then, why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? Oh, boy. Yep, 
it was obvious, it was obvious he did not think Jesus was worth 300 denarii. Now we really know what kind of a person he was. He said that, not, not that, verse 6, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box and he used to take what was put in it. He was a thief. Did you know this? This is the only place in the New Testament where Judas is mentioned as doing something evil other than his betrayal of Jesus. Only time. And even this was done in secret. Judas successfully had, he hid the darkness of his heart from everyone except Jesus. Jesus knew about it. <clears throat> and you and I, dear friend, we cannot hide anything from Jesus either. Do you have something? Do you have a secret? What's on your computer? What's in your bookshelf? What's in your heart? What's stored away somewhere that you think is hidden? Jesus knows all about it. Do you get upset? Do you get upset when you see others who serve the Lord do something for others in His name? See, Mary lavished her love and devotion and worship on Jesus, and Judas was upset. And it could be that in the Christian family, sometimes we see someone who's just so on fire for the Lord and serving the Lord and working for Him, and maybe hidden way down in the recesses of our heart, there's just a little bit of, a little bit of jealousy or something that says, "Man, I wonder, I wonder why they get so much, so much news, and here I don't seem to be able to do what they do." Well, some people could just be plain upset about it. Don't be that way, folks. Be so happy when someone else is serving Jesus that you will be exuberant about it and thank God for it. Judas wasn't that way. Listen to what Jesus said about it in verse 7. I love it. I love it. He says, let her alone. She has kept this for my, the day of my burial. She did a special thing because she did it while he was still alive. Most things, we, a lot of times we send, when the person's gone, then we, then we send flowers, of course. And that's no, no casting reflections on you dear people who are, have given flowers for the memorial service today. But a lot of times, people in their relationships, one with another, they, when, it's, when it's all over and they no longer have their mate, then, of course, then they, woo, they can lavish their flowers in beautiful coffins and all this. You know, why don't you show your love while they're alive? And why don't you show Jesus what he, do, what, he, what he really needs from you is your love and devotion and commitment to him while, while you can. Well, <clears throat> did you notice in verse, uh, in, in verse it says, the poor you have with you always? Uh, not casting reflections on anybody or any organization, but there are always plenty of organizations that want to do away with hunger. You never will. Because Jesus said, the poor you will always have with you. Never going to get rid of it. That doesn't mean we shouldn't help them, but we're always going to have them. As I look at, as I look at, this, as I look at this picture today of of Mary and her devotion, I see 
I see three things about her dedication. Number one, Mary's dedication was voluntary. Did you notice that? No one twisted her arm, no one came in and made her do it. It was, it was expensive perfume. She gave perfume, she gave the perfume to Jesus, anointed his feet, but here's something, dear folks, God wants you, he wants your body. She showed devotion in that way. We have Romans 12, Romans 12 verse one, which is one of the most beautiful verses in the Bible, which says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Mary gave ointment, but Jesus wants our body. I trust that if none of you have ever given your heart to Jesus, you would seriously think about it. He wants your body. Give him your life. Give him your body. Let him take your life and redeem you, give you eternal life, so that you know that when you die, you will go to be with him and not go to an eternal hell. Jesus saves. Will you let him save your life today, your heart? I trust you will. In the Old Testament, the animals, they were, they were sacrificed on the altar. There's even one verse back there in, that says that to tie the sacrifice uh, to the horns of the altar. In other words, they, they had to tie them down, and God wants you to just lay your life on his altar and say, Lord, here am I. It's like Isaiah said. Listen to what he said. Isaiah 6, 8. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I. Send me. Jesus wants you. He wants, your, he wants you to voluntarily give yourself to him. There are all kinds of volunteers needed today. My, oh my. We know about it in our church. There are prisons. There are soup kitchens. There are rescue missions. There are Sunday school classes to teach. And there are hosts of other things. Nursery workers, visitation to do, parking lot party on Halloween out here. So much to do as we serve our Lord. I hope you will be a volunteer. God won't force you to do anything. You can sit idle forever. He will never do a thing. But please volunteer your service to him. He just wants you to be a volunteer. And I love what it says in Psalm 100, verse 2. It says, serve the Lord with gladness. Isn't it great to have a smile on your face when you're serving the Lord? Come before his presence with singing. So, would you be a volunteer today? I hope you will. There's another thing about Mary which I love. Not only was it a voluntary dedication, it was a complete one. <clears throat> God wants everything. He, just, he doesn't want just part of us, part of our time. He wants all of us. Complete surrender cost Mary something very valuable to her. I've already talked about the expense of that. Uh, your life, dear friend, is valuable to you, I know. And God wants you to be willing to commit your life to him completely. Not just partly, but completely. Your life is valuable to God. Jesus said, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor weep nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And the answer is yes. God is interested in you. He wants you to serve him.
So it's a complete, <clears throat> I, there, when, when I talk about a complete dedication, <clears throat> I was told by a geologist one time in Arizona that that flask, I mentioned the perfume, perfume comes in when it comes out of India. When, when Mary broke that flask, it was such a breakage that it had no top on it. So when you broke it, all had to go, and you, you couldn't put some back in the box and take it home. No, it all had to go. That's the, kind of, that's the kind of dedication God wants from us. Not just take a little dab out here and give the Lord maybe a Sunday or a Wednesday night or something. A little. He wants all of us, all the time. Just give it to Him. Complete, complete dedication. <clears throat> There's one more, one more thing I see here in the life of Mary. Not only was it uh, voluntary, not only was it complete, but it was permanent. It was permanent, and I've already talked about this. When you, when you broke when you broke the lid, it was permanent. You could not put the lid back on. It was open forever. So that's what God wants from us. You cannot put your life on God's altar day and take it off tomorrow. He wants you to have a, a living sacrifice, wholly dedicated to Him. Give yourselves to God forever. I find two illustrations. Two illustrations that uh, that illustrate this for me. They're both taken kind of from the music field, <clears throat> of which I know nothing. <clears throat> the great composer Mendelssohn was visiting a cathedral in Europe, and he heard the organ inside the cathedral where he was visiting. He heard the, the great organ playing, and and went and asked the organist if he could play it. Well, the old organist. You know they're kind of they're kind of careful about who they loan the organ to, the keyboard. The old organist at first refused, and then finally says he let the, the the German composer try what he called the colossal thunder of that cathedral instrument. After standing in an ecstasy of um, delight and amazement for a few moments, the old man who was the organist suddenly laid his hands on the shoulder of the inspired musician and exclaimed, who are you? What, what is your name? Mendelssohn replied, the player. <coughs> and, can, and the organist, the old organist said, and can it be that I so nearly refused to let the great Mendelssohn touch this instrument? How many of us have treated God that way and not allowed him to touch our lives and bring out the glorious and wonderful and beautiful music that he wants to take from your life and radiate to the world around you? Because each of us has our own personalities and God can use us in our own special ways beyond what you can even imagine. There's another illustration I love. <clears throat> a wealthy man had a rare violin. Then along comes a guy by the name of Fritz Chrysler, <laughs> quite a violinist. He wanted the violin, but the owner refused to sell it to him. Nope, won't sell it to you. Chrysler begged him. He said, could I play it just once? So he was finally permitted to play it. So Fritz Chrysler nervously tuned the instrument, 
with trembling hands. Then he played as only a genius can play. He poured his heart into the music, and the owner stood until he was finished and only spoke when the instrument was placed back in the antique box. Here's what the owner said. Take the violin. It's yours. I have no right to keep it. It should belong to a man who can play it as you did. And dear people, only Jesus can take your life and make it what it should be. Will you let him do it today? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, help us in the quietness of this hour to just be honest with you and say, Oh, Lord Jesus, I want you to take my life completely. I'm going to volunteer it, and I want it to be permanent. How many of you dear people out here today would just say, I haven't made such a good start of things, but I'd like to kind of kind of do that. We're not going to embarrass you. Just raise your hand. Just say, pray for me, Pastor. How many would do that today? Just say, let me, yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. God help people today to make the kind of decision that you want them to make. You will do so much with a life that is solely given to you. Help those decisions to be made today for Jesus' sake, we pray. Amen.